0: Om tea shrim satyam tat satyam tat say to satyam tat satyam Napo Tasa Bako Arahato Samma Sambudhasa Napo Tasa Bako Ato Arahato Samma Sambudhasa Napo Tasa Bako Ato Arahato Samma Sambudhasa Buddha, Dhamman Sangha, Okay, I'd just like to welcome everybody. Uh, it's lovely to be able to take a Sunday morning, come together, practice, and uh, um, participate in uh, uh, here at the... Portland Friends of the Dhamma, uh, of uh, a gathering of Kalyanamitta. Um, this morning, in my instruction to first the sitting, one of the things I mentioned was uh, a kind of balance that is. <clears throat> is required, you know, both in terms of energy, posture, um, <clears throat> a uh, um, kind of an approach to to the uh, um, practice, the training, and you know another aspect of balance that I. That was thinking of is about thinking and uh, which is oftentimes we have a a tortured relationship with our thoughts and. uh, But. And the really requires a a delicate balance uh, of uh, learning how to use the thinking process uh, and. And, say, not being, not buying into the thingy process, but also um, not getting obsessed with trying to annihilate it, because sometimes we just spend our time trying to squash our thoughts and thinking and think of, you know, I mean, it works on a very simple equation, a equa- simple equation, you know. I think, therefore I suffer. Uh, so if I didn't think, I wouldn't suffer. It's just it's a, but that's not true. Yeah, it's, 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 not, uh, it's not really on a certain level not really thinking about thinking or not thinking. It's about our relationship to our thoughts. How do we use and how do we use the thought and thinking process? How do we learn from it? How do we understand it? And not uh, not take it too seriously, and it's, it uh, it seems so real, but uh, <coughs> it it's uh, 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 really bubbles of bubbles of not much essence at all, really. Um, <coughs> so. I think one of the things is is recognizing the importance that the Buddha does place on, say, thinking correctly. Um, Of course, the uh, Noble Eightfold Path, um, the second factor of the Noble Eightfold Path is Samkhapa, right usually it's either right intention or right pageant jeff translates it as right resolve um, the pali is sankhapha. Um and and so like intention and resolve are very correct but it's also that's what forms the beginning of thought or the movement of thought and begins with that that intention that resolve and that movement because sankapa is a, <clears throat> another form of sankara, which is a, like a formation. So it's like a mental formation. <clears throat> so that is front and center, second part, right after right view, and forms those two form the aspect of the wisdom, say compartment of the the training and uh, the Eightfold Path is sort of broken into a training of of virtue and integrity, say our actions and speech. And then the mental training, uh, meditation, right right, right effort, right mindfulness, (coughs) uh, right meditation, and the wisdom element, right view, right, Right thought. And so learning how to train the thought, because yeah, there is right thought, there's wrong thought. Uh, there's thought that leads to happiness and well being, there's thought that leads to, uh, yeah, a lot of confusion and misery. Yeah. And then there's just random thought that just sort of ramble, <laughs> rambles on and on, <laughs> which I'm sure we're all familiar with. Okay, <laughs> and so I would say, okay, so right thought, and um, there's the quality of <coughs> yoni Solmanasikara, manasikara um, in the scriptural language, which is there's many translations. It's a bit difficult to 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 translate to pin down as a absolute translation, but uh, uh, like wise attention, uh, uh, wise consideration, uh, wise reflection, uh, cons- yeah. so it, it has that sense of, of uh, a measured thought process that is uh, attending to, to our experience. Yoni or and the Buddha. <coughs> it comes up in in many many discourses as as a, a critical part of the 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 path and a critical part of the training, uh, where we, um, <coughs> there, where there's a. One of the a very beautiful sutta an image that the Buddha uses is is you know in the same way that when one sees the first turning of the light at at dawn just before dawn, uh, one is very confident that the that the the new day will begin. In the same way that as one as yoni yoni sallmanasikar you know, skillful. Reflection arises. One can be sure that the noble eightfold path, is, this path, will come to fruition. Uh, so it's a uh, it's a very beautiful image and and uh, and places you see the importance that the, uh, that the Buddha gives on that, that quality of, of of wise attention. Uh, also, <coughs> in terms of <coughs> Its place in uh, the deep understanding. Um, the, there's a, a set of teachings that the Buddha gave. Well, actually, sorry, sorry, first mentioned it in a, in a uh, there's a discourse when the Buddha asks. Sariputta, what are the what are the components of uh, components of stream entry, entry into the stream of dhammas, or the, that that uh, that change from ordinary uh, unenlightened existence to uh, awakened realization, uh, and uh, and uh, there's four qualities and two of them are external, two of them are internal. And so that, 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 that sense of, again, this sense of balance where the external and internal are working together and the external is the uh, uh, drawing close to, uh, to, to good people. Uh, drawing close to to uh, and the, yeah, good to, to good beings, supporti uh, is a sang association with with, uh, with with good beings, uh, and then the uh, and then hearing hearing the good dhamma, saddhamma <clears throat> sangha, hearing. The, Hearing the teachings, hearing good teachings, hearing true teachings. <clears throat> Those are external conditions. And then the the two internal conditions the first one is yorisomadh sikara, wise attention. And the last one is dham, dhammanu dhamma patibhatam, practicing dhamma in accordance with dhamma. Uh, it's the Buddha saying, okay, because there's lots of kind of different Dhammas that people practice. And, and it's good that we start reflecting and investigating how does it accord with truth? How do we practice truth in accordance with truth? How do we fit these things together? How do we work it together? It's not sort of practicing Dhamma according to my whims and wishes. It's, it's practicing Dhamma in accordance to Dhamma. <laughs> it's it's a, a different aura. Practicing dhamma, uh, you know, according to what the society thinks is uh, reasonable. And sometimes that's, you know, we wouldn't be doing this you know, if you know, most of society is not sitting quietly, uh, watching their breath. <laughs> <It's, clears throat> so, but anyway, that place of of wise consideration, skillful attention, and skillful thought, thinking, and being able to use the thought processes in a way that is for <coughs> understanding and illumination of our experience. And uh, how does it, uh, how do we accord with the truth? How do we accord with a, a way of living that can <coughs> the heart from uh, from suffering you know, from discontent dissatisfaction so another alluding to uh, say the, the skillful necessary use of of our thought processes is, is in the uh, <clears throat> set of teachings that the Buddha gives us as the, the factors of awakening. Uh, there's seven factors of awakening. Uh, first one being mindfulness, of course, that's your doorway, and if one is going to truly awaken and to realize truth, we have to be mindful, we have to be alert, we have to be present. Uh, but then the next quality that the Buddha points to is, in, in Pali, dhamma-vichya, which is investigation of dhamma, investigation of truth, uh, a, a, uh, an assessing of our experience in relationship to and to to Dhamma and the teachings, so that we do have to use our thought processes. Uh, we don't. We can't just sort of dismiss them or think that if I just stop thinking, then I'd be, you know, then I'd be peaceful. Then I'd be happy, because um, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, and usually, that that uh, <clears throat> relationship, to thought. Is you know is usually we get either swept up in it uh, and relate to it from uh, the a sense of being becoming identification with with our thought processes with our moods we get completely uh, kind of inextricably bound up um, with those those thoughts and so our moods go up and down we're happy we're sad we're pleased we're displeased accordingly. Um, but the uh, uh, you know, that, that identification uh, uh, just keeps creating problems, um, and but it isn't solved by annihilating it, and, and that's usually out of say we so those you start re, start recognizing how that that the Buddha uh, these kind sort of abstract terms of uh, like when the Buddha talks of the cause of suffering be sensual desire, desire for being, desire for non-being. You start right, those are not just abstract concepts. So we, we, it plays out in our life all the time. So that that. A desire for being and becoming is as soon as we identify with a thought, a mood, an impression that being is there, uh, becoming is there, that identification with that, uh, the, the I, me, and mine process uh, gets entangled. And it's opposite, of, say, we bow it on the desire for non being, non becoming. Again, it's just not an abstract. It's like that. I don't. It shouldn't be this way. I don't want to have to try to push, push away thoughts and feelings and emotion. You keep trying to stuff it down. Uh, that's that is webo That leads directly to suffering. So it's uh, or that relationship to thought is really. It's a key factor in our developing of wisdom and insight uh, and that sense of balance. And, and what, how do we approach our thinking processes? Uh, certainly we've got to be, one is, is just being incredibly patient. Uh, if you're not patient with yourself, It's just you get frustrated, or you you get caught up, and and uh, and get entangled in in uh, in the whole thought world that we that we create. And the (coughs) so patience is is uh, uh, it's not it's not for nothing that the Buddha says, Kanti. Patience is the supreme kind of incinerator of defilements. burns so, we can go through them uh, when we are patient. But it's also important to recognize that we, when we think of patience, uh, we have to adjust it, because there's You know, um, say in English language, usually patience uh, kind of refers to uh, just putting up with something until it's uh, usually grudging, kind of grudgingly, grudgingly putting up with something until it finally goes away. (laughs) Which is, you know, and and the Buddha is pointing to patience as this, I mean, that's actually like a, a, barmy, a a wholesome quality that is a factor of awakening um, so it's it's not a small thing and it's not a it's an extremely positive quality so that being you know maybe in like learning how to be present with experience without getting caught in the reacting of liking and disliking, right? you know wanting and not wanting, not pushing it away, not not reaching out. Just being present. And that's just being patient. Uh, and mm-hmm. and the way we get to see things clearly. And that's that's why patience forms such a and it used to be, say it for me as a young monk, and for most of us, as young monks training and going through our ups and downs and our difficulties and going to Ajahn Chah for guidance and kind of enlightened assistance, and and he tells you to be patient. It's just, what a let down. <laughs> but it was really, so as you continue to practice and train, it's just this, you realize the wisdom in that, and just how much is resolved through just being willing to see something clearly and not get caught into it, not buy into it, not get upset by it, not be enamored by it. It's, it, it is what it is, and, the, and which is another aspect of, <clears throat> say, apply skillful, application of our of our thinking is sort of an analyzing and and understanding and recognizing that this. You know, God, it really was impermanent. <laughs> you know, and it's, again it's a nice sort of concept everything's impermanent. <laughs> but the. Uh, uh, it's a whole different thing when we're willing to experience it and get a sense of real confidence. That oh, this is, this is this that that sense of uh, arising and ceasing. It really applies to everything, uh, whether it's external, internal, far or near, coarse or refined. Everything arises. Everything passes away, and. And it doesn't devalue it. What it does is puts everything on an even playing ground. And you can start to reflect and evaluate what is worth giving attention to. What's worth putting our energy into. Uh, What's going to be beneficial. What's going to be a source of, of, of satisfaction and 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 ease, peace. Uh, so then you realize, yeah, that 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 recognition of the that changeful nature of of absolutely everything. And so that, that and you know sometimes we have to apply that uh, the, the thought process to remind ourselves um, that this is going to change, and this is uncertain because that's what as often as ajahn chah would speak of say impermanence as a, as a translation of anicca he would also use the term uncertain unsure because when we say impermanent oftentimes what it means how we conceive of that is that we we objectified. It's an object out there. It's impermanent, it's changing. <clears throat> but then uncertain, unsure is how we feel. It's more subjective. And it's and again, this is this balance of the internal and external, objective, subjective realms of experience. And you realize, okay, this is uncertain, this is is unsure, and can I be comfortable with things being unsure? And uh, that usually drives people nuts. (laughs) It's just really irritating for things to be uncertain. And and certainly that was one of the aspects of training as a young monk in Thailand, and and, uh, living <clears throat> in Thailand, in the uh, communities, uh, monastic communities of, of Ajahn Chah, Pff, nothing was very certain. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, it 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 uh, um, actually living it and reminding ourselves of it. that's, that's a part of the. The thought process, the mental process, allowing the mind to give attention to that uncertainty. Because usually, you know, it's a bit, uh, uh, you know, there's a a bit of dis ease there when things are not quite sure. Um, But when you reflect on experience or reflect on the world around us, you realize. That's its very nature, and, and, uh, and you guys, oh, I can, I can be clear and present with this, but actually, when I am clear and present, uh, that's where my peace is, that's where my, my, my sense of refuge is, because it is, like, we say over and over, and I, be with the knowing, and, and it's not just empty words. Uh, it's just that quality of knowing of being, being present, seeing clearly. Uh, there's a, there that that is a refuge, and that's your refuge in Buddha, refuge in Buddha Dhammasanga. Uh, it comes back to that that very simple uh, quality of of, of knowing. So, you know, it's it is. It is approached and is kind of tempered or is refined by our being willing to hold it in thought, so that sense of the balance of learning how to use the thought process and not being. uh, Yeah. Overwhelmed. Uh, by thoughts and moods, uh, not being you know, disheartened, not being, uh, it, uh, or uh, fed up and depressed. And because you know, just, just because we think it's miserable doesn't necessarily mean it has to be. <laughs> it's just another thought. And, you know, when that that becomes clear, it's sort of, oh, oh, wow, that's a whole new. That's a whole new approach. And and then we try to hold positive thoughts like that used to really irritate me Uh, like the whole concept of loving kindness. Like you had to think good thoughts all the time. <laughs> well, that's too, well, that's too difficult. <laughs> but, but, I, you know, but, but the reality is, of course, is you can. You know, like, well, uh, uh, It's not just having thoughts of, it's like, oh no, the, that sense of not buying in. Like, I've tomato for years. <clears throat> define loving-kindness as not dwelling in aversion, which is really important because it's, 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 it's the, um, you know, that when you set up an ideal, in order for me to be somebody who is practicing loving-kindness, I have to have thoughts of loving-kindness all the time. And then there's no space for, any kind of aversion or irritation, then, well, you know what it's like. You, know, so, well, you, know, you say, well, don't, don't, think, you know, don't think of an elephant. You know? <laughs> so the mind immediately wants to look. You know? uh, so it, it, it's just in the same way that, that, that it be, um, because one has painted it as something that one can't, Have or can't do or shouldn't do, the mind wants to go there. So it's it's a and so just not being uh, having to believe the thoughts, Uh, and so then yeah you can be yeah irritation aversion it arises it passes away and holding that. With kindness, with compassion, then then what what starts to gain more momentum is the loving kindness and compassion. It's just the the, the actual intent and the that mood of of that wish for well being, because you start of realizing, yeah, that that's a deep, 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 deep wish, is for my own well-being and the well-being of others. Don't really have that, that uh, hope that, you know, you know, may all beings be miserable. I mean, it's it, <laughs> the hope is, you know, may, may all beings be, be happy. May they be well. Uh, may they feel secure. And and that you realize, well, that's that that wish, that that hope. uh, That in itself is the the essence of loving kindness. And within that, one can still see those blips of aversion and irritation and just not take it seriously. Uh, It's just a thought. We tend to see it as a, if we take it personally, then of course it's a, it's, it's, it's a stain on our, on, on, our, on our personal thought process. But that's the whole beauty of the Buddha's teaching, is, is just learning how to not take anything personally. Uh, things are as they are. The Dhamma is the Dhamma, and truth is truth. And, and we can delight in that we we'll offer that for reflection this morning, and we can, uh, the next thing will be getting sort of ready for the meal. <laughs> <laughs>